And uh, I just want to say, I know God's got great things in store. I'm excited to continue a series that we started last week. How many were here last week and you heard the series? I'm so exci- I love this series. I'm excited about this series. It's natural that I would because the, enti- the t- entitlement of, or the entitlement, the title of this series is called and appointed. And I love that because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. But God has kind of shown me a little bit of a different twist, a little bit different, uh, even out of my normal uh, uh, bend of how I would I would minister this. In that He's shared some some foundational things, and so I want to continue a little bit in that today. So we're talking about being called and appointed. Say called and appointed. Okay. Now I want you to say it one more time, like you really mean it. Say I'm called and I'm appointed. Amen. Come on, Facebook and YouTube. I'm called and I'm appointed. Come on, everybody. I'm called and I'm appointed. Amen. Now, we've been looking at the scripture, this, this foundational scripture. We're going to read it together in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9. We're going to look at this uh, passage. Um, and This is kind of the driving force behind um, this series. We're going to get into a lot of scripture today. We're going to kind of switch gears and get a little deeper in some some things of God, and so I'm excited about that, but First Peter chapter 2, if you have your handout, it should be on your handout, it should be on your screen, uh, we should be able to see eCampus, and uh, I, I want to just read it for you, I want to just, I want you to soak it in here, First Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, amen, now that'd be good if we just stopped right there, I'd be like, all right, but there's more, God's always gives us an overabundance reminds us he says but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation amen all right so now we're going to do that again we're going to say it together um we're going to walk through it it's up on your screen so you'll be able to do it ready but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a holy nation keep going his own appointed that you may proclaim the praises of who, him who's called out of darkness into marvelous light. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own appointed. That you may proclaim the praises of him who's called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. What an amazing scripture. And what we are looking through this series, what we're looking at is knowing who we are. I believe is so important. Knowing who we are, what we're, what we, what, what God has made, what we are to be, is so important. I think that it's so important that until we understand, have a full understanding of that, and it, in order for us to be continually shaped, as the Bible has talked about us and told us that God has declared about us, we have to believe what God says and teaches about us. And so we're looking through this. So today we're going to continue on that. That, that main vein here, we're going to look at that, we're going to uh, investigate that, that God is going to reveal that a little bit more to us today. So last week, last week we started with some real truths. And, and that was, I, I told you, I, I, I wanted to start declaring who you are and just encourage you. And God stopped me and says, I want to lay a better foundation. And I said, well, what's better than that, God? He says, I am. I'm better than that. I'm I'm better than any other foundation. I said, yes, sir. And so we talked about how how God is, 
how amazing he is. You remember that? We kind of bragged on God. Now, I want to remind you, I said bragged on God, but you know what we really did? When we brag on God, you are raising worship to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're elevating him to the place and position that he is already. And what happens when we do that, it's in that when we begin to elevate him, that we begin to raise, that we begin to stand tall, we begin to receive and understand who we are. When we see as God sees us, we begin to do what God calls us to do. And that's the real purpose of what God wants to do. As we look at this, we talked about, as we were bragging about God, that God is the creator. He's, he's the creator. He's, he, he created this amazing world that we live in, all, of the, all the you know, fruit coming off the trees. How does that work? I told you, my wife's been studying, and, and there's about the body and the chemical levels. It's like, man, it's amazing. God created that. He is the creator. The second thing is God's everything. I mean, you're saying that seems simple and elementary, but he is everything. He's everything we need, and we prove that by his names, Jehovah's. All the Jehovah's, we went through that, Jehovah Jireh, and Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Sidkenu. Right, you remember that? We went through all of that. Somebody shake your head so we know we remember this. Okay, good. Amen. And we said, third thing we said is that God is holy. He's holy. And it's important to understand that you're like, of course God's holy, but when God's holy, that means he's perfect. And that means he's good. And that means that we serve a God that's good, not bad. God that, wants to, that cares for us, loves us, will do anything for us. He proved it by sending Jesus. Amen? And so we can see that he is holy. Say, God is holy. And then finally, we, we said in, verse, in, the, in the last one, number four, we said that God is infinite. He's powerful and he's almighty. It's in his names, but it's a good reminder. He's sovereign and he's great and he's Mm, man, he's the man. I mean, he is the man. Which is important to understand. Now, when David was fighting the Goliath, he didn't say, I'm doing this because God called me. He said, you, no, 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 I'm doing this because God, I come to you with, I come to you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Do you understand? He came with the God, the, the, the infinite of God. But it's also cool that God is both infinite and personal. He's so personal. He allows us to, to like we read, to, to set our hearts on things above. He seats us with Christ, the right hand of the Father. And so he's personal in that way. What a beautiful thing. And so this week, everybody say this week. What does God want me to do now? Well, okay, we have this. We're like, yeah, God's good. Okay, I'm calling the point. Where does that take us now? Where do we look? And so today's title is what now? I know it's pretty heavy, pretty, you know, smart. It's just what now? And I want to look at this as we look at this, that what we realize as we, we grasp that we are called and we're appointed, we begin to look at this. We're like, okay, what now? Because really the idea is, the truth is, if we all look inside of us, we all want to make a difference. We all have this, this thing in us that we want to make a difference in whatever we're doing. We we want to we want to make a name for ourselves. We want we want things. We want a legacy. We want to leave something better than what we had before. We all have this desire, and 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 we want to do something important, uh, it, 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 something big. But we're always not quite sure what that is, and that's where we led to this question: What what do we do now, God? What's your will for my life? I, I want to do something great. And I think some of you here believe, and you can sense it, that that God has called you for great things. 
And I would agree with you 100%. And I, I think we, we feel that. But it's like, what, how do you do that? What do you do? What, where are we going to go? Where do we start? And I want to look in Ephesians for a minute. In Ephesians chapter 4. And I think it's going to give us really the quick answer of what we're supposed to do. What, and you say, what's God's will? And I know that you've asked this question to, to God, who maybe to a counselor, maybe to a pastor at some point. Talk to me and say, well, okay, what do I do? I don't want to miss God's calling. I, I don't want to miss this stuff. And Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, I believe is going to encourage you if we'll look into it a little bit. It, 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 at first glance, you're like, oh, this is discouraging. No, it's, it's an amazing, amazing verse. In Ephesians chapter 4, Verse 1, this was Paul writing about, uh, most theologians say about 61 B.C., so he's still in prison writing this. He's in this moment, he's in this time, he says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, you can, you can hear the, the angst, right? I, 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 I want to persuade you, I, I, I need you to list, lean in, I need you to understand. He says, I want to beg you to lead a life Worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Say, I've been called by God. Can you just do like an elbow high five? I've been called by God to your neighbors. There you go. Brian just hit his mom in the head. Called by God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we come to you right now. God, we need you. We need revelation from you. Because we're living life right now. We're in it. Father, I thank you that you're with us. You're omnipresent. You're grand. So, Father, we invite you in this moment and in this time right now that we would, we would absorb your presence. We would focus in on you. And that, Father, I thank you that we would Surrender us. Surrender our, our, our own expectation. We open up our hearts and our minds to say, God, you speak to me today. You change me today. You are the one that created me. You know what I need. And so we declare that. We ask that now. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Amen. So does this resonate with anyone where you feel like, yeah, I want to I accomplish something. I want to mean something. I want to do something. Uh, it, sometimes maybe we don't voice it publicly, but when we're looking in the mirror, we're like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm accomplishing anything. I, I remember as, as when I had kids that were younger, and I remember Michelle feeling like, you know, what, what, what am I, just a diaper change and snot rubbing kind of a person? Is that making a real change here? Because there's something in us that just desires to want to do this, and I believe... I believe without a shot of a doubt that, of course, I can, you can look at it that way. The enemy can look at that. But I believe that, hey, when you're investing like that, you're investing into God's kids. And when you invest into God's kids, God will always bless you for blessing his kids. Whether they're young or they're 80 years old, God's kids are God's kids. Amen? And we've got to remind ourselves... To bless it. So, so it's no, by no accident that we have the desire, that we have want this eternal purpose, this, this real divine destiny. Unfortunately, sometimes 
We listen to the things of the world. We listen to other voices. We listen to other things. And sometimes, not you, but sometimes we would sometimes go about it the wrong way. Sometimes we, we, we go into a wrong relationship trying to find stability. I don't know how many times I've, I've had uh, counseling sessions and I'm like, it, it, they're like, you know, if I could just find the right man, if I, I would be complete. I'm like, what? No. It's harder. You get two people together, it's harder. It's not going to answer all the problems. It could be a good thing. God can call you together, but don't put your foundation there. Jobs. Changing jobs like, I'm, oh no, I'm getting, I'm getting, right? Investments going, in, I'm going, man, I'm going for the gusto. I'm getting this investment. Tank, tank. We, we kind of go in the wrong kind of way. Purchases. I, I, I knew someone that, man, they would just purchase and purchase and purchase and purchase. Just buy things. That would make me feel good. Of course it didn't. And we find ourselves looking in this, this place. We do some crazy things to feel important. I don't know if you've ever watched any of the, uh, if you're on social media, you see a lot of crazy things where people are trying to look famous or be famous and trying to get their moment in time. They're bragging about how many friends they got on Facebook and doing all this. I get that. That's, I'm like, this, there's something in, inherent that just, we want that, but we sometimes can go the wrong way. What I'm saying is that we, if we believe wrongly about what God has called us, to do, we'll, we'll do an action that's in a wrong way. It'll get us further from what God wants, not closer. And so I wanted to try to reclaim a little bit of the sacred word of calling. Because sometimes we think of calling is famous or doing something great. And I think that my, there's, there's maybe a, an ounce of that, but I think that there is a better, a more scriptural, I think God has a better idea reminding us what a calling actually is. The calling we'll find out is, is, is really important. So we're going to reclaim this language of calling. So I, I just wanted to, the, re, the root Greek word of calling is one of the most significant words in the New Testament. It, it's, it's, it's a heavy word. The root, the root Greek word is kaleo. Now kaleo, the root of kaleo is used in 16 other very important words. And kaleo in its very simplest form means to call. This is the Greek word kaleo, and this is a kind of a root word. And it's out of this word that a lot of words in the New Testament, how you know if it's in here and it's in here over and over again, must be important. It must be something to investigate. And so let's look at some, I'm just going to call out some of those, and I, 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 I'll probably pronounce them wrong. Uh, I don't think there are any Greek scholars here today, but if you are, I apologize. But the next, the next one, so we have kaleo, that's to call, kalesis. Kalesis is a calling. It means to, a calling. Kaletos is to mean called. Paraclete. Paraclete is, means the comforter. And this is where we begin to see the Spirit of God. We begin to see the Holy Spirit coming in to the calling. Paracletos. Paracletos is the advocate. Or the in, 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 um, intercessor. So, so, so we see, not only is he an advocate, the Holy Spirit, but he is an interceder. And so we see all of these words, ecclesia. How many have heard ecclesia? 
before. Ecclesia means, it really is where we would talk about the church. It means the assembling or the gathering of believers. It's really the called out ones. Uh, ecclesia, ek, 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 means going out. And ecclesia, that of course means calling. So it means to going out. So what does that mean? Ecclesia means where the church, the church is not supposed to be a building. It's supposed to be us going out. You see that? That the calling is about going out, not being, ah, but to be more of a servant, to be more of a, a doer of God's word. And so that leads us to our very first point today. God really talks very little about our, our future and what we should be and do, but he talks a lot about what's going on today. What does God care about? Your handout first thing is God cares about the who before the do. We see in Scripture that God cares more about who we are than what we're doing. Our calling is much more about who we're becoming day in and day out as it is what you're doing. See, we put emphasis on, hey, man, I'm going to do something to do something. And God's saying, that's amazing. But let's, let's be something first. Let's be a who First, First Thessalonians chapter four, verse three says that God says his will is for us to be holy. To be holy. And we got a little more Greek. You want it ready? Holy is the Greek word hagios. Hagios means set apart. So 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 it means to be different from the world. It means when you were called, we're not talking like we're all that, but it's talking about we're supposed to stand out differently. God wants us to become like Christ. God wants us to look different. Can I get an amen today? Second Timothy chapter one, verse nine. I love this verse. It says, for God saves us. God saved us and called us to. Now, it, it didn't, he didn't just call it like to missionary. You're like, oh, man, I'm going to call the missionary. That's great. Or I'm called to be a teacher or a photographer or a, a, a landscaper or whatever you call. Those are all great things, but it actually says that he saved us and called us to live holy life. He did this not because we deserved it. He didn't set us apart, set us aside because we deserve it, but because that was his plan from the beginning, before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. What am I saying? I'm saying that if we're called and we're grabbed, called, what he's saying is that we're not called just so we can beat our chest and say, man, I'm called, which is great. I love that excited idea. But the purpose behind our calling is that we would be an image or be a mirror of Christ. Calling is more of a doing. It's not a noun. It's a verb, man. It's something that we should be, be walking in, living in. It's pretty quiet in here. The Bible never talks about God's will for our careers or all of that, but he always talks about the who. He's constantly talking about, so God's more concerned about who we're becoming than what we're doing. He's calling us to be like Jesus. He's called you to be like Jesus. But you know, not only that, he called you and he appointed you, which means through Christ Jesus, he's equipped you. 
to fulfill it. He's not going to tell you to do something you can't do. He's going to give you the tools to do it. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the promise of God in us. That he gives us the tools to do it. To do what? To be holy. To live holy. To live a life that reveals Christ. That lives a life that wants, it compels others to want to know him. And we live a holy life. So the popular question, what does God want me to do? I say the better question, who does God want me to become? Who does God want me to become? Because if God is only calling him to do, that can get confusing. It can get confusing because, we'll, we'll, we'll go by this way. I, I'm probably going out on a limb. How many of you, everyone look up here, I'm going to ask an interaction question here. How many of you would say that you believe uh, some of my friends, I'm almost scared to say, how do you feel like I'm called to preach in this moment and in this time at 54555? Three people. I'm just kidding. I did it to myself. We're, uh, thank you. I'm not trying to get bragged, but what I'm trying to get at is if I were to say, okay, I'm, I'm called to preach, but what about this? How many believe that I'm called to be a husband? How many call, I'm called, you know, mom and dad get together, we kiss a lot, boom, here comes the baby. I'm called to be a dad. And so if I'm putting my calling, I'm like, that's confusing. If I'm putting my calling on what things, what I'm doing, how am I, I'm like a chicken with my head cut off. And I know we felt that way. If we use the labels as our identity instead of what God says about our identity, he says, you concentrate on the who. I'm going to, don't worry about today. I'll worry about today. I'll worry about, I mean, I'll, don't worry about tomorrow. I'll worry about tomorrow. You just worry about today. You just be you. You be who I've called you to be. I also want to remind you that I could be the greatest, most impactful preacher. But if I'm not a holy husband... then I null and void any of that calling. God would be more cons- God would rather me do any other thing and honor my wife than to, do, to live as a pastor un- not honoring my wife or my kids or my character. It's not about the things that we do. It's really about the things who we are. It's so important that we get this idea. Yeah, I think my call is to preach, but that's not my high calling. My high calling is to, to live a holy life. To live a life that hope honors God. And thank you to Jesus that we have grace and mercy when we miss the mark. That he cares so much that he... Ex- he he exercises his banner of love over us. That when we do miss it, he's right there. But our desire should be that we would constantly live holy. Let that be the most important thing. Because I believe that when we live a life of holy, when we begin to, to, to see, as I said before, see as God sees, we will begin to do as God wants us to do.
Let's not pull the cart before the horse. Let's get us right. Why? Why is that important? We're, we're looking at this and saying, man, that's great. That's, that's amazing. But why? Do you know that we are, I, I said this is not my coined phrase. I've heard it and it's, it's so true that we are much, to much of the world, much of the people, we are, as we live day in and day out, we're the Bible that everybody reads. That our examples are really laying out. If we're saying we're the light, and the cool thing about the light is when you're the light, it shines. And so it becomes obvious, hey, there's something different. That's why God says, I need you to take care of the who, because you are a walking testimony. Let them taste and see that I'm good. Right? Some taste and see that I'm good. So whether you marry this person or not, or whether you do, just be faithful to Jesus. Whether you, you get that job or you get another job, just be faithful in what you're doing in that moment, in that time. Whatever your major is, whatever you're going for, just be faithful. God's will is for us to be more about the who than the do. He'll take care of the rest. Amen? So we talked about that God cares about the who before the do. The second thing is I believe that God cares about the why before the what. In short, our motives matter to God. Our motive by what we do. There, there's an old saying, I, it's, you know, I bind it in Jesus' name, but two reasons that people do something. Do what sounds good. And then there's a real reason why they do it. Not us. In Jesus' name. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 2 says, You may think everything you do is right, but the Lord judges your motives. Judges your heart. Jesus warned in in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1, He warned about practicing righteous acts to be seen by people that he says you will lose your reward. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you'll have no reward from your Father in heaven. He's not talking about not live holy. He's talking about making the appearance of living holy. That's called hypocrisy. No one likes that. That never tastes good. Right? That, that, that God says... Why are you doing what you're doing? It's so important. Paul warns the, the church in, in Galatia. In Galatians chapter 1, I'm just going to read uh, uh, verse 10, but it would be important to read 1 through 10. What a great study uh, to read. But it says, Galatians 1.10 says, And now, uh, am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or God? Or am I trying to please trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. If we're trying to be people pleasers, we can't serve Christ and be a people pleaser. I'm not saying that we can't be friendly. I'm not saying all that, but we have to make sure that we're staying holy. Does that make sense today? We're grabbing a hold of that today a little bit. Looking at this, so so when we when we begin to do things, why am I buying this car? Am I buying this car because I'm going to look good in that car? 
or we're buying, we need transportation. We need to get we need to get some, help someone get to church. You understand what I mean? That the motivation matters. How why we're doing what we're doing. See, because the Bible talks about our heart that we're we're kind of a little bit selfish, fleshly. We're kind of at times. One of my best examples of this, you're like, oh, not me, Pastor. I've been a believer all of this time. One of the best examples is you take a big group picture and you look at the group picture and the way you determine if it's a good group picture is you look at you. Well, that one, no, that one's not good. I look kind of funny. And the other person's like, oh, man, I look funny. Now we're not using that one. Oh, that one looks good. It's just our natural bend. It's, it's what we do. So, yeah. Uh, so we got to make sure that our motives matter. We, uh, you know, if I were to remind, just talking about motives, I'm buying my wife flowers. I should be buying my wife flowers because I love and cherish and appreciate what she's done. Not hoping for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, so to speak. Are you hearing me today? Do you understand that motives matter? To understand that as we do these things that we are looking, Paul says, he talks about motives in Colossians chapter 3. And we've been camping in Colossians chapter 3, you'll notice, all year. And God keeps going back. And there's just even more to be had. Chapter 3, verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, through him. Whatever you do, do it. Whether it's word or deed, whatever we're saying, whatever we're listening to, whatever we're, we're responding to, whatever we're doing, whatever we do, if we do it in the name of the Lord Jesus, what are we doing? What are we declaring? What are we revealing about a believer in our day to day? I don't like the introspectives of those. I'm like, oh. And the enemy would come and say, yeah, you better not do anything, dude. Because that's how the enemy works. No, 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 no. We've been called. We've been appointed. God's equipped us. We have the Spirit of God in us. If we'll listen, he'll lead us. If we'll surrender to it, he'll guide us. He'll keep us. We have control of that. We, we can surrender to him. So whatever we do, wherever we are, we got to serve Jesus. we got to look like Jesus wherever we are and whatever we're doing. If you're a stay-at-home parent, if you're the diaper and the uh, nose wiping, do it for the Lord. Because it's making a difference. It's changing to the next generation. It's making, if you're like, ah, oh, I'm just a, you know, whatever. Insert whatever you think is less of a do, then do it to your best ability. Oh, I'm just, a, I, all I do, I have one job, dump the french fries in the grease, then do it to the best, make the best french fries you ever, could ever imagine. God's looking at your motives. He's going to do it. You're like, oh, well, yeah, I don't know, man, my boss is a punk. I don't know if that's a bad word or not, but. Uh, or you might be the punk boss. What, 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 
serve the Lord. Make sure that you're honoring to God because people know, people know if you're a believer or not. People know. God's will is that that the who is greater than the do. And our whys are greater than the what's. Let's close there. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I decided to close because it's way too quiet in here. I've never been more thankful for online because they can't I can't hear them. The deafening. Since then, you have been been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. It goes on in verse 12. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, say, I'm called and appointed. Therefore, as God's holy, his God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, it says, close yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other. Forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect Unity. Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Since the members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish admonish one another with all wisdom as you sing. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. You see, it's about the who before the do. And the why before the what. And that's where we find ourselves in verse 17. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you. We thank you that you've called us and you've equipped us. You've appointed us in this moment and in this time. God, I'm so so excited. You've called us, but we see that there's a responsibility in the calling. The calling is just not a do. It is not just a what calling is who we are becoming and why we are doing what he called us to do.